Welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The fan a reminder: we're streaming live on Sportsnet 590 Monday to Friday between two and three p.m. I'm your host, Wolu, and I am joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong, who I just saw earlier in the day as we headed down to OVO practice facility down by Lake Ontario, and uh, you know, a little surprising to see Alex be a reporter, but uh, as he will tell you himself. Um, Masai is uh, appointment viewing, and if that means him having to come in and wearing a press pass and being a reporter for the day, Alex is more than happy to do so. So, Alex, how you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, happy, happy Asian Heritage Month. Um, you know, it's always great for you know one Asian to discredit another Asian reporter um, on air. On so, um, no, I appreciate it. How was your How was your walk along the lake after the presser? By the way. Yeah, it was quite nice. Um, you know, uh, it got a little bit chilly, so I ultimately only, um, you know, stayed outside for another half hour. But it was cool. You know, I was just staring into the lake. As I told you, I was going to eat a uh, a mandarin, a clementine, <laughs> right, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, you know, people are, like, some people are span- uh, sponsored by tangerine. Some are uh, sponsored by clementine. My whole entire life has been sponsored by uh, a clementine, really. Um, you know, yeah. the ones that come in the mesh bag and... Yeah, I mean, it, it was nice. Honestly, it, it was cool to disconnect um, the last couple uh, days just over the weekend with the Raptor season finishing. But honestly, you step back into that like building and you see Masai and like how, uh, you know, uh, truthful he is, how open he is, how charismatic he is. Um, and you're just like, damn, like I wish I wish we can get more of this. Like I really do miss the Raptors already. It's 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 only been a weekend, but I really do miss them. Um, and and you know to, to that point, I mean, the the way OVO was set up, you no know, near the front there is the room where they do the press conferences, right? So you'll see the videos of Masai speaking today. That's in the the media room. That's like basically right at the front, and then you keep going down the hallway, and there's the the main door to the gym, and it was open up a, a crack. And- and I don't know. I, and I know the what, players were what gone. What is this? All right, go on, man. And I know the players were gone because I was, you know, making sure to thank uh, Raptors PR for all their hard work this year. And, you know, I was asking them, like, hey, is anyone still around? And I think they're like, nah. And they're like, maybe Delano's still around. And I'm like, oh, maybe Delano took the bus home or something, which he could have, I guess, technically. But, um, but I, so I knew the gym was empty, too. But I still just wanted to look at the court one more time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm down badly. Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm perfectly fine. Um, And, and, and we're also... <laughs> You know, recording remotely for the first time in months. Uh, That's you know, right. So, so if so if people uh, are, are like, why why isn't Alex cutting off Will every sentence? Uh, this is why we actually just have to take turns uh, talking. Uh, so yeah, no, we're gonna spend the entire hour talking about this Maasai presser, and like you mentioned, it is appointment viewing every time. That's why you know I wake myself up at at eight a.m. for these. But you know, I came out of it because because I, I think if Masai you woke up at AM, how come you only uh, got there five minutes before you, you got to the podium? Yeah. Anyways, uh, we got lots to unpack. We got lots to unpack here uh, today. You know, I, I took a bike ride. I need to exercise more. Apparently, my kneecaps have been dragged through the mud on Twitter after you posted a photo yesterday. But yeah, we were talking <laughs> about after because Masai set the expectations really high for. Mm press conferences you know we all remember uh the start of the championship year when he he came out sweating like me 
uh, because everybody was asking him why he traded DeMar DeRozan. And, and, you know, he told the whole city to stop being so insecure and to believe in themselves. And we remember well, that's, the championship. that's two different interviews. You're, you're, you're conflating two different Oh, ones. is it? Okay, okay. Yes, the yeah, one see, where he was sweating after trading DeMar was in the summertime. And then media yeah, day, that's that right. was when Kawhi yes. did the laugh. And then that's when he said, yes. believe in himself, believe in this Yes, yes. So man. those two separate ones. I stand. No, I am a Masai stand, but he's got way too many classic records. We all remember after the championship when he brought the Larry OB to the podium and yep. just basically talked, you know, just, you know, did his thing. And no, he was in his bag year, that day. He said, no, he, he said he Manchester United. He said Liverpool were the new Reds. And I was like, eh. yeah, he was, you yeah. know, he was feeling himself. I mean, ahead of United for sure, but ahead of Liverpool, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. So... Yeah, even after the Tampa season, I thought he dropped a pretty good one with the play-in for what and just mm. brought a lot of passion to that. I don't know. I was giving him a 6 out of 10 because I guess we're ranking Masai Pressers like 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 we rank music albums on Pitchfork now. And I mm. came out of it being like 6 out of 10, but you and Vivek Jacob, a friend of the show, definitely not a friend in Philadelphia, were like, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's closer to an 8. So you're saying it was closer to an 8. You know what this reminded me of? This is like uh, when Yeezus came out. People were like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, right, we it doesn't need to sound get, anything like college all, dropout. First of all, before you go on, we need to get huh? back in studio tomorrow. But go on. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. These rhythms are throwing me no, off, man. I'm what, staring what at happened the load management, right Alex? No, no. Yeah, I, um, I, need to be, I need to be looking at your giant head, man. I can't be staring at a wall right now. It's messing me up. Okay, all right. I'll, 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 <laughs> okay. I'll print you out one of those fat heads and you can put it beside your <laughs> Okay, but no, Jesus came out. Jesus came out. Yeah, because no, okay. literally at the end of the press conference, you and I are sitting beside each other and you turned to me and you said six out of ten. And I was like, what? Come on, man. That was a really great press conference. I think that the standard is so high. Um, no, it's not him saying, believe in yourself, believe in the city. I still think that that quote gives me chills. Um, you know, when you do come across it once in a while, I still think that, you know, there are more quotes that are more memorable. Um, but this one, I think he covered a, a number of things as he always does. It was what, 45 minutes in totality. And he, look, he got in some digs at the Lakers. Um, he talked at length about, um, how much he, you know, respects and and is proud of Pascal Siakam. He talked about Scotty Barnes and his mentality to fight through that injury in the playoffs. He talked about Fred Van Vliet and, you know, he talked about Nick Nurse. And, and you know what? He, as, as Masai always does, drops in a little bit of footy, you know, talking about comparing Nick Nurse to uh, Messi and Ronaldo. No longer will you just see the Messi and Ronaldo debates. You will also see Nick Nurse is clear. And, uh, you know, I can't explain the, the soccer meme culture to you, Alex, uh, live on air. But um, yeah, you'll probably see the the letter P added to the letter to the word nurse, which uh, is somehow a, a soccer insult, in, insinuating that uh, Nick Nurse only takes penalties or whatever. But in any case, yeah, um, it, it was still a really good Nick Nurse um, or a, a really good uh, Masai press conference on the Kanye scale. I'm going to put it as the Jesus. Okay. No, I like that. All yeah. right, let's let's get yeah. into it. So, you know, one of the things that every Maasai presser has is Maasai is going to remind you that the only thing he's in this for is to win. <laughs> and that is yep. the only thing that matters in sports. And, and this came up over and over again today. Um, and, you know, he, he said, you know, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to this because it's, it's a recurring theme that comes up. But I've got a bunch of clips here. We can play them and talk about some of the things. Um, you know, that, that Masai discussed, I think the, the main area of interest for a lot of people 
is the team building and what the roster is going to look like moving forward. Uh, you know, the first thing that Masai really pressed on was internal development. And that was a recurring mm, theme right. throughout too, that, you know, we got to believe in the guys. We got to give them the time to develop. He was asked about whether he thinks this, you know, vision six, nine and playing with all these guys, you know, who have this length is something that he sees as sustainable in the long term. Uh, and here's what Masai said. It is, uh, in my opinion, you have to choose a way you want to play uh, in the NBA. Um, you can say Golden State is doing it with 6'4 guys, 6'5 guys, they're winning. Yeah, so you choose the way you want to play and you go do it. You know, like I, I don't think there is one particular like formula that works. You know, like I'm not um, into all the copycats in the NBA. You know, you we we figure out, you know, what we think a good formula for us to win is, you know, um, we talk about it with coaches, with our staff, and um, with Nick, and um, and we go with it. Uh, this is we try. You try to win. Nothing in the NBA will be successful until you win. Uh, you have to win. Uh, there are many people that tried small ball and all that stuff. You know, like before uh, Golden State did it, they just didn't win. Yeah, and when when they did it, they won. And it's good to prove to the league that this can be done. Yeah, so whatever we try, yeah, in the end of the day, you have to win. Uh, that's what this game and this sport is about. It's about winning and those results. So uh, that's the end goal for us is to win. Yeah, so there's there's an eye in Masai and there's an eye in win, man. Uh, what did you make of Masai talking about? Um, you know the six nine vision, but also just overall his thoughts on on you know th- you know the league being a copycat league and and them really I think having the conviction and really believing in what they're building right now. Yeah, I mean, I, first and foremost, like with a Messiah interview, you got to understand that he's going to give you one of three answers, and if you really do problem about something completely new, he'll give you a, an, another answer and probably one that's more unique and specific to the situation. I think those set messiah answers are always going to be about winning um and and then evaluation um those are the two like if you ask him about the team roster he will say we're evaluating and if he's if you ask him about anything else he's going to talk about winning and and a, a few a few occasions when you ask him about very specific things he'll give you a very specific answer i think in this case like it does give you some insight in terms of what the raptors do believe and i think this is a large topic in fact in I was almost surprised how many questions were asked in this regard because it felt like every other question was like, hey, do you believe in centers? Or like, do you believe in small guards? Or do you want, you know, uh, as many forwards on the team as possible and the athletes? And it it just, the conversation, even though it sort of spanned in all sorts of different places, like it kind of kept coming back to this idea. And I think, look, you don't have to necessarily ask the questions that much I, I think you could even just look at the roster like it's very clear what they want to do with this roster and you're one of it it worked really well and i don't think there's anything specific that makes you want to move off of that um it, it's quite clear what the raptors want to build towards what their what their model is and um you know i think Masai said later on in the press conference that uh if he could have a team full of precious og and pascals he would have 15 of those guys and uh I, I don't doubt him. And in fact, I think he, he very much wishes he could. So, Yeah, I still want four Jay Crowders on my team just for, 
the salsa dancing. Can someone please just Photoshop 4J Crowder salsa oh. dancing for me? I know this is a very easy copy and paste job, but as you know, I like to outsource all my Another work. Another job for uh, Keyshawn. Yeah, shouts to Keyshawn, man. Man, the amount of edits I had for him on, on our poster. Asian Heritage Month event announcement coming up in the second half. I'm with you. Uh, for you personally, though, because we've mm. talked about the 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 roster building all year are you like cool with the fact that this is the vision that the team wants to take like obviously we know it's not it's not a black and white thing where they're so rigid about it and Masai did talk about it a little bit later which we'll get to but like are are you okay based on what you've seen this season that this is the direction that they're sticking with and then they're, they're gonna move forward with yeah, absolutely. Um, I think number one, like um, the league is already trending towards this this direction. I think when you look at the teams that are in the playoffs right now, um, the uh, it, it you know what it's more towards is it's less of the small guards and definitely like forwards, wings, and then some centers still exist. In fact, if you look across like the teams that are still in the league right now in the playoffs, the eight playoff team, like they all usually have some pretty pretty decent centers, uh, but what they don't usually have our small guards. I think the Warriors are probably the exception here. Um, but you look at the way Miami plays, um, you know, it, it's pretty much all wings. Their they're small guards are, are Gabe Vincent and, and, and Kyle Lowry. We know Kyle plays bigger than his size. And honestly, Gabe, I think honestly later throughout the play, later rounds in the playoffs, he probably won't play as much. You see uh, what the Sixers, we just went up against James Harden, 6'6 six, six point guard. They have Joel Embiid in the middle. They're pretty big across the board. Boston is quite big across the board. Smart is 6'4 and, and one defensive player of the year. So, you know, he also plays bigger than his size, but he's like the only small guy in the rotation unless you really want to count Peyton Pritchard who really just comes in and, you know, uh, hits like a few threes and checks out the game. But he's not a big portion of what they do. Uh, you look at Milwaukee in the way that they play. They, you know, they have a point guard in, 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 in Drew Holiday, but he's huge and he plays bigger than his size. I mean, you see Drew Holiday, how strong his routinely truck guys out of the way, bigger guys to, to, to get to his layups. So, um, you know, that's that's a very, very big team. They got Brooke Lopez as well, obviously Manning in the middle. And, you know, you just go across the board. Like, this is sort of how most teams are built nowadays, right? And, and I guess Chris Paul is the other exception over in Phoenix. But also, you know, um, I think what they have in Phoenix is, like, so many good shooters and good playmakers that, like, they kind of overwhelm you in that sense. But when you ultimately look at what uh, hindered them last season, it was that some of their size issues really came to the forefront when they couldn't guard a guy like Giannis, which, you know, like, uh, of course, um, <laughs> you, you might also look at team building approach in terms of like, okay, so if we got to win the championship, we got to beat the best players in the league. How do you beat a player like Giannis? You probably have to have like five Giannis size guys walking around. So at least you're not getting destroyed by Giannis defensively. So, um, in any case, like this is sort of the, the direction the league is moving towards. I think the Raptors, the only thing that's really unique about specifically what they're doing is that, um, you know, th their guys are the skill sets are so exclusively 6'9", or what you traditionally expect from 6'9 guys in the sense that, like, they don't shoot as well, they don't necessarily handle as well. But I think those are the elements that the Raptors are hoping to teach these athletes so that eventually, when you see it all come together in, like, a year or two or, you know, down the line, um, it, it could really work. But as of right now, in the first year of it, I think it's very promising. They have the pieces to do it. Pascal fits this beautifully. OG fits it beautifully. Um, Scotty fits it beautifully. And those are your three or four core guys. So I, I think the Raptors moving in this direction makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, and you know, Nick was... Oh, not Nick. Why do we keep saying Nick, man? It's because we need Nick Nurse to come on the show. Um, Masai yeah. was also asked a bunch of times about, hey, like, you know, are you willing to move off just adding 6'9 guys? Like, what if there is talent out there, but it doesn't fit the exact model of player that you're looking for? And here's what he said when he was asked whether he was open to maybe adding a more traditional center. And more preciouses and more, you know, like Pascal's and OGs. Trust me, we'll have 15 more of them on this team. We'll continue to pile them up. Those are the players that play in this league and they play big time. Uh, but it doesn't mean that, you know, we, we can't find like bigs that play and fit how we play. And if we see those bigs, if we find those bigs that fit and uh, how we play, 100% we're going to try and get them. Yeah, it's, there's there's no there's no question about that. There's no discrimination here. I love the um, I love the ethical team building that's happening here in Toronto. Mm. Um, you know, with with our vice chairman saying that there's just no discrimination when it comes to roster building. Um, that's that's the type of open mindedness uh, that I like from this. You know. Yeah, I, and I think. His point is like, look, you're not going to add someone big just for the sake of being big. Like, that's such an outdated idea in the NBA, right? Like, when I think back to even, like, six, seven years ago, there was that summer of 2016, the year the Raptors had lost Bismack Biombo into free agency. Remember, he got paid, like, $60 million, um, by, I think, by the Magic. And then <laughs> the Magic's idea was to go with the Bismack search front court. That thing did not work, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> What but, has um, worked in I, Orlando the last uh, 13 years, by the way? Oh, well, don't worry. They got Jalen Suggs. It's all good. Um, oh, right. No, sorry, though. So they got Franz Wagner. My bad. My bad. Some people saying Franz Wagner are better rookie than Scotty Barnes. Um, that's what happens when you watch Orlando Magic basketball for 20 years, and it just erodes your brain. Uh, Damn. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that same year, you got guys like Yamahimni getting huge contracts. Like, I think he got 60. I think Joakim Noah got 60, 70 million dollars. Like, um, the league has moved away from that direction. Like, there's there's no more of that. Like, I, I think if you can't... First off, if you can't guard for the Raptors, the Raptors aren't going to add you to the roster, quite frankly. I think that's maybe the only discrimination. And it's not even discrimination. It's part of your job. If you can't, like, come in here and, and defend, I think the Raptors really, really have a hard time, you know, agreeing to sign players like that. Uh, but more than anything else, it's like, you know, if you do bring in bigs and bigs like that, like, first off, they got to really bring something to the table. Like, I'm watching... Last night's game, and I see DeAndre Ayton like hitting all sorts of jumpers and playing defense and rebounding, and the athleticism to sort of go up and down and play at a fast pace, and also the ability to sort of fit into a team scheme. Like really great screener as well, great hands, and it's like okay, I totally see why he is you know in this series. When I watch, um, you know, uh, Joel Embiid, obviously everything he did is like okay, yeah, I totally understand. Like there, he breaks almost the game in the sense of like how skilled he is. At that size, and once again, I hope Joel is you know recovers soon and comes back to that series because Miami seems to be just uh, on the verge of just washing them if if, if he remains out. Um, you know, you you watch Brook Lopez on um, on the on the, uh, the Bucks, and it's like okay, so he's slow footed, but the way he defends defensively, like he's able to shut off the paint. It was so hard for Boston to get inside, and of course, he can shoot the three as well, and also duck in for a couple of layups, and it's like. He brings a clear skill set. I don't think the Raptors want to do what they did in years past. And let's be real, that Tampa year, like, um, it's also get well soon for Aaron Baines. It really is. I mean, it's such an unfortunate injury what happened to him. But, like, bringing in traditional centers like Baines and Len. And I know that not all traditional centers are like that. But if you are going to – they're not going to bring someone big just for the sake of being big. 
I, I don't think the Raptors are trying to build like a, a Russian doll starting lineup. I think they're just trying to have like, you know, what we see, which is five, six, nine guys. The opposite yeah, but, of a Russian dolls lineup. But I guess like, I guess people would push back and say like, you know, like in the in the Sixers series, the, you know, their strategy was, you know, they had special agent Ken Birch come in for the first seven minutes and then it was just by committee. Like if you're trying to get through four rounds in the playoffs, and I know maybe they're not thinking about that, like you know, right now for next year. No, they're like, definitely thinking feel... about that in general, though. So yes, they are. I, I get, yeah. I get a championship, you know, mindset and things like that. But like, you know, people will push back and say that, like, if you if you want to get through four rounds, you're gonna run into some of these guys, like an Embiid. Like, do you do you actually do need a traditional center on the roster, and like not necessarily someone who's like starting caliber, but like. I guess I'm saying like even just another Ken Birch, like like just someone else that you can throw in these situations. Or do you think that's just like nitpicking at that point in terms of like needing a traditional center on the roster? I think those are two different conversations. Can you upgrade on Ken Birch? Absolutely. I don't think anyone would say otherwise, right? Um, but I think the other question is, do you need a seven-footer to come in to guard Joel Embiid? Because I think that's not something that is like a thing. Like I don't think you bring in a seven-footer and Joel Embiid's affecting those drops. Like, and, and just, just, uh, and maybe I got to do more research into this specifically because I haven't followed the Sixers in, in that much depth. But I'm just going through Joel Embiid's game logs this season and sorting by how many points he scored, right? And starting with 50 points against Orlando, that's a team with a traditional big. Um, now, of course, it's Orlando. Maybe we could just throw that out there, right? We could just throw that, that game out altogether. But, like, you know, you look at Indiana, right? You know, he had 45. You look at uh, Cleveland, he had 44. That's a team with three seven footers in the starting lineup. Charlotte, 43, okay, they don't have a starting five. They don't have a real good five. Um, but uh, 43 points against Chicago, that's a seven-footer in Vucevic. 42 against Minnesota, that's a seven-footer in Cat. 42 against the Pelicans, that's a seven-footer in JV. 42 against Milwaukee, that's, you know, I, I don't know if Brooke Lopez is available or not for that one. But, like, I, I don't think you bring in a seven-footer and all of a sudden he's ineffective. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that... Um, I think the bigger issue for the Raptors is sort of like having that credible rim protection at all times. And I think that that's something that um, Nick talked about, something Masai talked about as well, that I think there is some value in obviously bringing more of a physicality in the paint, also shot blocking in the paint, rebounding, defensive rebounding. Masai talked about that as a weakness. But, like, I don't think they're going to bring in somebody just to guard Joel. Um, I don't even think that guy exists. Uh, I mean, actually, he does exist. He's just playing in Spain. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think you make a good point. I think the other really good point you made is, and, and you know, uh, I know that our global ambassador Amy Audibert asked Masai this today. Is that you know, are there things that are just like non-starters for you when you're adding a player to this roster? And and one of the things you said is, you know, th- whoever they bring in has to be, you know, a, at least a competent two-way player, right? Like we've seen that Nick is not going to play guys who, you know, even if you can, like, shoot the lights out or be be a positive on the offensive end, like, if you don't play defense, like, you're just not going to see the floor and you're not going to make this roster. And, like, when it comes to them talking about wanting to add catch-and-shoot threats, to me, like, I know this is more, like, generalizing, but when you think of a lot of these really good shooters in the league, like, not all of them are really great on the other end of the floor, right? Like, when you're talking about adding a shooter who is a two-way player, then you're talking about just, like, the elite guys. Like, do you think at some point they should be a little bit flexible in that and then not kind of shrink the pool of players that they're able to find especially because like shooting is just such a such a like specific need for them yeah no i think that's fair um 
again, I think what Masai is saying with the evaluation is that's something he's going to be doing with the rest of the front office and also the coaches. Like, I don't think he was just like avoiding our, our, our answers or our questions um, in that setting. I think he really does want to talk to the coaching staff and see sort of where they want to go. I think for them, it's like, it's always going to be a bit of a trade-off. I agree with you though. Like, you know, I think more specificity or even just some more diversity in terms of the skill set, um, not necessarily in terms of like the the shapes, but just the skill sets that they're looking to acquire. Like, I think that's going to help this team in, in sort of um, ways that we've seen in this year that they've been short. But ultimately, like um, the core principle, what they want to do is not going to change. And, and quite frankly, they're going to need a lot of talent at certain positions to like force them to 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 get out of the way or, or of how they're already thinking. Yeah, all I'm saying is just um, give Matt Thomas a second chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so no Matt Thomas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, uh, that wraps it up for our off-season uh, coverage. Uh, one more thing before the break. Uh, I have yeah. this in my notes. Basically, Masai calls the Lakers a poverty franchise. So Masai was asked directly about whether anybody has reached out to him and the Raptors organization about permission to speak to Nick Nurse. And here was Masai's response. You know, uh, no team has contacted me and I see all the stuff that, like, uh, you guys see. Um, I dream like they dream. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I want Messi. I want Ronaldo. I want Kobe Bryant, you know? Yeah, so they can keep... Dreaming, I dream too. Mm. Yeah, so I Love guess that. that's the end of those rumors. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I thought Nick was probably more diplomatic about it when he said, you know, I'm focused on this team and I don't know where those rumors come from. Um, Masai, though, I love it. I, lo- I love that show of support. I know some people were like, oh, come on, how you got to compare them to like literal legends, right? And, and that's not what he's doing. I think he's sort of just making a point. Like, you know what? Like, we all want things in life, but, you know, you can't necessarily have them. That's all, right? And I think for for the Raptors, I think they're very committed to Nick very clearly here. They've given him a long-term contract. Uh, they've given him a lot of input in terms of the front office and sort of how they want to build things. And obviously, he's uh, the head coach of the national team as well on the men's side. And yeah, I wasn't surprised that uh, you know this 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 became a non-story. Um, but I also really love Masai for saying this, you know. And um, you know, anytime he talks about soccer, I know that uh, uh, Vivek Jacob. We were in the in the press conference, and we saw Big V sitting to our right, and his his whole body, like a jolt, went through his body when the, when the words. <laughs> and then he just furiously started typing on his keyboard. So uh, salute to Big V. We'll be talking footy with him. Uh, later this week um but uh yeah i mean it's great honestly besides just great for these things and and let's be honest too like the lakers like <laughs> i mean what did what did you call them a poverty franchise no like i yeah, think no, my, they, they are my, man they're just not a my, here, no team. here like, like my main takeaway from this and I, you know if we take a step back like if someone told you like five years ago ten years ago that the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors as an organization was a more attractive landing destination, whether it's for a player, for a head coach in this case, than the LA Lakers, it would have been a ridiculous thing to say. 
Because for the longest time, you looked at teams like the Lakers and some of these more traditional teams who have this history. And these were, you know, these were the organizations that people wanted to go to. And and there are still people who want to go there. That's why LeBron is there. But for for Nick Nurse to and, and for Masai to be confident in the fact that Nick, you know, this is the place that he wants to stay. Again, I think it just speaks volumes about how far this Raptors organization has come. Yeah, and and also like, can we just entertain for the sec for like a half second? Because we obviously know this is not happening. But like, you know, imagine Nick Nurse walking into, you know, um, what I imagine is LeBron's office. Like, I actually don't think that like Nick will have an office, and LeBron, as the player, walks into the coach's office. I think it's the opposite. I think everyone just has to like walk into LeBron's office, and he's like, first of all, those first of all, those he's not wearing those NN hats in LA. So that's that's already a non-starter, man. LeBron's uh, like, please, you're not doing this. Only I get to brand myself. Yeah, he said he said I'm more than an athlete, but you're just a coach. Uh, and then, <laughs> but then he sits down. And he says, Mister LeBron, I think our, our best strategy tonight to beat the Orlando Magic is if we go box and one. I think you know we're really concerned about Cole Anthony's ability to penetrate, and which has got a really limited. And of course, if we get these stops and rebound and we run all the time, you know, I think I think I think that's how how we beat the Orlando Magic, Mister LeBron. And I think LeBron will slam the door on his face and he'd be fired immediately. Like it, it's not going to happen. Or he'd be like, Hey, Mister LeBron, can you play forty five minutes today? And LeBron's like, I'm not playing my age in minutes, man. So, yeah, that was never going to work out. No, imagine Nick in L.A., the same thing that he said about Fred yesterday, being like, we're going to get LeBron's minutes down to, to, the, to the low 30s. And by low 30s, I mean 35 minutes. <laughs> like, I, oh. I, just, I just think there's, there's a really good infrastructure here for Nick. And yeah. I don't know where else Nick can get this type of... I don't know if power is the right word, because obviously, like, you know, he works with the front office. And at the end of the day, it's a player's league. Like as Mm -hmm. much as Nick pushes the players buttons and we've seen him in the last couple of years, like call out players, I think behind the scenes, he does a lot of relationship building that allows him to do that. Right. Like the relationships that he's built, even as an assistant coach with a player like Pascal, the trust that he's built with Fred, but like those things happen over time. And it was really interesting to Masai just randomly uh, shouting out some of the championship guys too today, Uh, shouting Mm -hmm. out Kawhi, shouting out Kyle, Serge, Mark, and talking about how much, you know, how much of an impact they left and how much uh, they instilled into the culture of this team, even if some of them were only here for a very short time. Masai says that in all honesty, he sees the impact in the players that are leading the way now. Like, there's just such a good infrastructure here and Nick is such a huge part of it. I feel like aside from like a more attractive coaching job, more money, all the other stuff that you want in a job, like, all the intangible stuff, like he's not going to get any of that, like anywhere, whether it's the Lakers or like any other team. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, I think a lot of people can relate to this idea that like, you know, you might want to take a job for other reasons. You might take a job because it's a better location for you. It's a, it's it's a, you know, it's more money. It's uh, more prestige. You feel like it's going to set you up for something else. It it might offer you better benefits, all this other stuff. But like realistically, once you found a good working, you know, environment, once you find people that you can work with, once you find good management and, and, and bosses who believe in what you do and empower you to sort of grow and, and, and do your job fully. Like, I think there's a happiness element to like what you do. I mean, look, listen, the NBA is like, it's like, it's like a life. It, it, it's your whole life. Um, you know, I almost sometimes feel bad about the families that, that of NBA 
um, players or personnel or anything like that because it just takes so much. The job takes so much of their time. And for this opportunity for Nick in Toronto, he's done a lot with it. And I think he's really great um, in this role. But it's also just like he's smart enough to know that, like, what are you what are you really chasing out there? Right. So um, in any case, no team actually officially came to call about Nick according to Masai and uh you know he kind of just slandered the Lakers just as a bonus which I think we all enjoy I think the Lakers deserve plenty of slander this season but um as for us we're gonna take a quick break right here uh I'm your host Walu that's Alex Wan you're listening to the Raptor show on Sports 590 the fan when we come back more quotes from Masai Ujiri and also a uh, message about our upcoming charity event so stay tuned Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Raptor Show on Sports 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wolu. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host Alice Wong. And before we get to more of Masai Jury's press conference... Uh, from today at uh, OVO, Alex, we got uh, we got something more important to shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have an Asian Heritage Month event. I'll get to that in a sec. But you know, I I think oh. I put myself on the spot starting yesterday to shout out an Asian athlete every time, every day that I'm on the show this month. So today's Asian athlete shout out goes to tennis player Michael Chang, another another legend from back in the day. Shoutouts to his Reebok court victory pumps. Um, I've been on eBay trying to find uh, a pair in my size. Um, you, you, you have any favorite uh, tennis players uh, growing up, or, or do you have an Asian athlete shoutout? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, my my my, my Asian athlete shoutout has to go to uh, Ronald Liu, uh, my oh. favorite soccer player of all time. The the original Ronaldo. I know people debate, you know, R nine versus. You know Cristiano and all this stuff. To me, there's only one Ronaldo. That's my dad. All right, watching him play center back inspired me to get into sports, and now I work in sports, uh, and I still play just very, very poorly. Uh, but you know, if we're gonna shout out Asian athletes, uh, let's shout out Gu Eileen. Oh, people might know as Eileen Gu. Yeah, salute to Eileen. Incredible okay. athlete. Yeah. No, shout outs, man. Let's let's see how many of these we can do. There's actually a lot of great Asian athletes, so we're not gonna run out this month, actually. Which uh, how would we run out of yeah, no, we wouldn't <laughs> run out, man. Come on, bro. Yeah, shout out to your dad, man. Tell him I'm gonna take him in Mahjong. Anyways, um, you know, since Asian it's been off season <laughs> since since it's the off season for I don't know why that drop is so funny. Shout out to our intern Derek. Uh it's the off season. Thought I'd recommend something, the hot docs film festival is happening right now in Toronto. And there's a really cool basketball documentary about this uh, Vancouver streetball crew from back in the day called The Nautic. Um, the film is called Handle with Care, uh, The Legend of the Nautic Streetball Crew. There's a screening tonight. I'm going to be heading to that one. There's another one on Friday oh, nice. as well. So I, I recommend for people to check that out. But that's enough promo for other people. So we've been talking about this here and there on the show um, and we're finally ready to announce uh, you know, thanks again to Keyshawn Mystery for uh, going through nine rounds of edits, uh, you know, on the poster for this Asian Heritage Month event of the century with Will Liu and myself. It is taking place on Monday, May 16th 
at Superfresh, which is in the Annex 384 Bloor Street West. <laughs> you know I don't know my streets because why am I reading out the street names for people? Um, and so this event will be a live show for, you know, you know with Will and myself. We're going to have special guests. Uh, Faisal Kamisa, if you're listening, if you're free, let me know. You're a special guest. Uh, we're going to have a lot of cool prizes to give away. I've been scouring all my contacts in the city calling in all my favors and you know we're gonna be charging fifteen dollars admission to this event all the proceeds a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to be donated to asian gold ribbon uh who are who are an anti-asian racism not-for-profit organization and if anybody wants to get their tickets um will i know i've told you send out all the details after the show but you can go now to superfresh.eventbrite.ca again superfresh.eventbrite.ca get your tickets for 15 dollars uh i've had a chance to check out superfresh it's uh kind of this asian night market bar experience and they're not having their public opening until i think may 14th so this is one of their first public events you know uh there is limited capacity uh for seating so please if you want to come get your tickets go to superfresh.eventbrite.ca will and i going to be doing you know a live show talking about the raptors talking about being asian what else are we going to talk about man so uh that's all we're talking about yeah, that's all we talk about. Those are the only two topics. So if you can't get enough of the same seven jokes, please come and listen to those same seven jokes in person. And as promised, with any outing that Will is at publicly, just hand me your phone and I will take a photo uh, you know, of you and Will or just of Will if, if that is what you want. So again, superfresh.eventbrite.ca will be blasting this out um, on socials after but you know in case anybody is listening you know we wanted to give um you know the raptors show listeners first dibs on that anything else you want to add to that william no i think it'll be a good time i think it's honestly like even just you know not making it about us like i think it's always cool to meet others in the community um you know i think for raptor fans like there's there's some gathering places but i think like in-person gathering places they are more limited and i think just getting to meet people who are like-minded just getting to meet um people who you probably will become friends with um and, and also the the location looks really cool i wasn't invited to well i mean i was invited i, I haven't gone you to, slept um, through it yeah, the event that you well, were invited to yeah that was a little different you're right you're right it was totally my fault but i did walk past the place on the weekend after watching <laughs> everything everywhere all at once for the third time believe it or not yeah so yeah. mind you, blown that they, <laughs> huh? yeah. did you see a report that the uh that the like theater sales have not tailed off for, yes, for everything everywhere all at once because was, of me and you <laughs> i was at varsity um at 7 p.m on saturday and i'm not even kidding me and my brother like it was the whole theater was packed like outside of the front three rows where like nobody sits at the whole theater was packed everyone had an incredible time um even me watching it for the third time and then me and my brother like literally like we were like let's not hop on the subway let's just talk about the movie and we literally walked from uh, uh i guess bay to to Ossington <laughs> at the middle of the night just like talking about this movie and sort of how what it meant to us and just sort of like how cool it was and obviously along the way we passed super fresh in the annex and I peeked inside and got a look at it it looks really cool so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing people come out again 100% of proceeds go towards a very very good cause 
Uh, and, you know, jokes aside, we, we make jokes about Asian Heritage Month, but I think for us, like, we were really conscious of thinking about how we do it um, in a meaningful way, something that we really, really care about. And I thought this was one of the ways in which, you know, if, if like clout doesn't really mean anything, um, even having some sort of influence doesn't really mean anything unless you use it positively. And, you know, Alex, I want to thank you for setting this up. And uh, I look forward to seeing everyone get out there. There will be limited seating. Um, the venue is not, you know, that big. So make sure you come out. And it'll be a great time. Seriously, we'll make sure of that. Yeah, limited seating again, Monday, May 16th. Just go to superfresh.eventbrite.ca. All the details are there. And, you know, shouts to Elaine Kwan, shouts to Keyshawn, shouts to Trevor. And and we have a lot of cool prizes to give away. I promise it's not just going to be copies of Cover Story. Although, will that be part of every prize pack? You bet. Uh, but I promise, I promise. There's going to be a lot of cool prizes, okay? You're not just showing up. Yeah, it's a great book. <laughs> you're not just showing up for that and and, and like will mentioned you know we're we're donating all the proceeds to asian gold ribbon and will you can vouch for me on this you know me i don't do anything for free so you know for for me to do something for free you know you know this really does uh mean a lot to me to to be able to honestly like say thanks to a lot of people who've either followed us through social media through our work or through this show as well and by the way this is yeah. a non-raptor show affiliated non-sportsnet event this is a will and alex event yes that's correct anyway yeah. so masai yeah, More back quotes. to our uh, the only vice chairman that we acknowledge. Uh, so I wanted to play these two clips here, and we can start with this one about Fred. Um, what Masai was asked was, you know, you have built this team with the Vision Six Nine. Uh, how come um, uh, someone like Fred belongs he's on the winner? Team? Um, he's a winner. He's a champion. He's an all star. Uh, he beats everything. Yeah. Uh, that's bigger than 6'9". That's the truth. Bigger than 6'9". And that guy's heart is bigger. And you need those guys on your team every day. And do I think Malachi can become like that? Yes. And he's got the skills. He's got the ability. Now he just has to, you know, like show it in some kind of way. And we hope to give that opportunity to show it. Yeah, um, I think that describes Fred perfectly, and I think you have to really respect what he's done. Um, I know that, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think probably with sports analysis, like, we've gotten to such a point where um, we we have so many, like, quantifiable um, empirical points to look at in terms of, like, how what they average, and we look at their skill set, and we it just there's so many uh, tangible things that we can measure, but I think... Masai is absolutely right. Like, there's some, there's a quality about Fred that, like, um, you have to respect. He's such a big part of this team. I know that the Sixers series, I know that the whole second half of the season, like, he wasn't himself, right? So people have become ungrateful, and it, it sports is so much about what have you done for me lately. Um, but I, I know that if the Raptors want to do something great, Fred is going to be a big part of it. Um, and, man, this guy had an all-star season. And I know that it was more the first half of the season. Second half, he was hurt by injuries, but... I believe in Fred and when Fred tells you that he wants to get better and he, you know, you know, he's like, look, 20 points is not even a good game for me nowadays. You know, I got to keep finding ways to improve. Like, I love that mentality for him. Fred Van Vliet is he's right. not he's satisfied. Yeah. Yo, yo, <laughs> is right, man. And we, we, had the, we had the whole second half of the season eating noodles, but like, you know, um, you know, I, I still want rice on the menu. So yeah. 
Yeah, Pascal's well, noodles, I'm, I guess, in that case. I want to. I actually want to pick your brain because Masai shouted out Malachi Flynn a few times today, and yeah. he did this during the trade deadline as well. And I can't figure out because, listen, not just from this presser, the way he talked about Fred, and we'll get to Pascal in a second. You know, Masai has this attachment to his players. Like that's why like trading Damar was so hard. And he's always talked about his players, you know, with a level of care that I think maybe is different from other front office execs. But I'm trying to separate whether he's just trying to talk up Malachi so he can ship him, or is he really believing that like he sees something in Malachi? Because he has repeatedly said this during this season. Uh, I mean, I believe him. What am I going to come up here and say Masai is not being earnest about these things? I think, if anything else, Masai is incredibly earnest. Um, I think it's probably more important that Nick believes in him. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not really necessarily up to Masai, but in that sense, you know. Um, and and for, for Nick, like, he's pretty clear in terms of what he wants Malachi to become. Like, basically, he wants him to become Fred 2.0. Like, you, he wants him to really improve his shooting, get to the point where he's a really good shooter. Right now, in the NBA the last two seasons, also even in the G League, he hasn't shot the ball well enough, just period. Like, I, I think, and, and I think for Malachi, there, there's more opportunities for him to develop, whether that's going to summer league, whether that's, you know, doing all these summer workouts with the players and all that stuff. I'm sure he's a very hard worker. I'm sure he'll keep going to all these things. Um, and I, I think as, as of right now, it looks like the Raptors will continue to give him chances. We'll see. Um, quite frankly, if we're going to be honest about it, if he were put on the trade market, I don't expect like a, a great return for him at the current moment, just because he hasn't necessarily shown a consistent level of play in the NBA. Um, but I think the Raptors, if anything else, if you watch that press interview that, that Masai gave, it's about development and they're going to give players chances and the Raptors will probably give Malachi another chance next year. And, and you know what? It's He's also on a rookie skill contract and the Raptors have um, team control over him. And, you know, I think they drafted him for a reason. They believe in him. I sometimes I know people like to think about, wow, what if they took Bain, you know, who was one pick afterwards or, or someone else late in the draft or whatever, or if Maxi fell a little bit lower or all this other stuff. But, like we have Malachi, and you have to sort of um, give him that trust. But also on on his front, he's got to play better so that Nick Nurse, uh, you know, will play him. Period. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, I just think Masai's talked about Malachi so much. I think there is a belief there. Uh, we'll wrap with Masai being asked about Pascal's journey, especially the past two seasons, from the bubble to Tampa to him really rediscovering his All NBA form this year on the court. Here's what Masai said about Pascal's revenge season. That one is a, it's a touchy one, you know, like, cause this, what that guy went through, uh, like we all go through it and it's not advertised. His is advertised, his is public because he is a public figure. I'm so proud of him. Uh, there's, there's nothing Watching his press conference the other day, yeah, I want that guy on my team. I want, I want, I want that kind of fighter on my team. If you can come back from that in life, you saw it. You saw what people called him racist. All the things that were said about that guy because of basketball, because of sports. Yeah, he gets paid, but he's also a human being, right? Yeah, and he stood it. We stood it. Went when he was coming back, got hit again, 
uh, got injured. Yeah, those things crack people, right? And he grew out of it. And to see him on that stage, you know, fight, I'll fight and fight. Yeah. That's who you want to go to war with, to battle with. I'm proud of him. Incredibly proud of Pascal. Yeah, and I know this is a audio medium, but I think people can tell, like, you know, being there, like Masai was, was very emotional when he was talking about Pascal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for him, like, I, 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 this shouldn't even be part of a sports story. Um, it's, it's like beyond uh, messed up in terms of the, the, the hate that Pascal received. Um, that was, you know, not about basketball. It went way out of bounds. And I think, I know people will say, well, this is just the internet. Like, you know, you're going to, any public figure is going to encounter that to some degree. Um, but like, there's just such a dehumanizing uh feeling that comes from it and whether you felt it in a small way where you felt that you've seen it in, in large numbers, like, um, you know, once you have had any idea of that feeling, you can sympathize with what Pascal went through and to see that he did all that, then fought through the injury and then had the season that he did and, and performed the way he did in the playoffs. Like, look, we can talk about him wanting to get better. And Masai talked about like, we need all our guys to move to another level. And that includes Pascal and Fred and OG and all these other guys, Scotty as well. It's like, Ultimately, that kind of character that uh, Pascal showed and, and the way that he carried himself, the joy that he played with, like it's hard for anyone not to be inspired by that. And I'm proud of Pascal as well. Not that it matters. But uh, seriously, though, um, he's he's a tremendous player. He's a tremendous person. And, uh, you know, I look forward to him being on the Raptors next year and beyond. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's continue our kind of, you know, off-season, early off-season content tomorrow. We'll go through some of the player exit interviews that were done last week as a a starting off point to talk about what we're expecting from some of the guys this season and look ahead to free agency a little bit as well with with Thad Young and Chris Boucher. So, again, uh, appreciate you, Will, uh, enjoying this off-season banter with you so far. Yeah, of course, man. You know, I'm always here for you, and I will see you tomorrow as well. So that does it for us today. I'm your host, Will Lu. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sports FM 90 The Fan. Thanks to my producer and co-host, Alex Wong, and our board producer, Derek Brandale. We will talk to you soon.